Guardian Unlimited. Welcome to the Guardian Unlimited Formula One podcast. This is Morris Hamilton, Formula One correspondent for The Observer and BBC Radio 5 Live. Now, we're going to take a look at the season ahead, which starts in Melbourne on March the 18th. And I think really the first thing that has to be said is that I have absolutely no idea who's going to win. It really is one of the most open season in years. And I think if we go through the teams, certainly the leading teams, we can perhaps begin to explain why that is the case. Now, looking at the list, at the head of it is uh, the McLaren team. may seem a bit odd because they didn't win the Constructors' Championship last year, but the reason they're there is that they've got the world champion, Fernando Alonso, on board. He has moved from Renault, and he brings the number one with him. So that's why the McLaren Mercedes of Alonso, number one, Lewis Hamilton, number two, are at the top of the board. Now, uh, Fernando Alonso is bringing all that experience with him, two world championships. He's got 15 wins. He is the man that McLaren feel that they need. Having had a bit of a rough time with Kimi Raikkonen over the past few years, they want the more established, more solid Alonso in his place. Perhaps that's a good thing in many ways because Alonso is being joined by Lewis Hamilton, the uh, 22-year-old British driver who is making his Formula One debut. Lewis Hamilton has been a protégé of the McLaren team for many years. They've been following him through from his karting exploits at the age of 12 or 13 all the way through the Junior Formula. They feel he's now ready for Formula One. Some people say that perhaps it's a big ask bringing him in at this stage, particularly with a top team that has got high expectations. You know, would it not be better to have him in a testing role for the year? McLaren think not. They think that just throwing him in the deep end, particularly alongside somebody as experienced as Alonso, will do him the world of good. The only problem is that, of course, Lewis Hamilton has got such fantastic potential. And, of course, he's the first mixed race driver to come into Formula One. That is bringing a lot of media attention with it, and that will bring a lot of pressure on Lewis Hamilton to do well, over and above the expectation of the team for him to score points and help them win the championship. Are they up for winning the championship? Because their history says that they're not. McLaren have not won a championship since 1999, back then with Mika Hakkinen. And in fact, they didn't win a single race last year. The reason for that is that they just have these horrendous reliability problems. Very quick car, and that's been the case again during testing, but reliability problems once again showing their head, a few engine failures here and there, that sort of thing. So one wonders if they're out of the woods just yet and if they are really able to win the championship. If they're struggling, that will be more pressure on Hamilton. Certainly Alonso could manage that sort of thing. He'd be disappointed, but he could cope with it. Lewis Hamilton, though, big question mark over him coping with this situation. He's bound to be a world champion one day. There's no doubt about that, but don't look upon him as being Britain's next champion in the year 2007. With Alonso having left the Renault team, that puts uh, Giancarlo Fisichella, who was his teammate, into the role of number one driver. They were supposed to be number, joint number ones last year, but as we saw, Alonso completely destroyed Pirola Fisichella. Well, now he moves up to the 
Roll of number one, with the team's former test driver Heike Kovalainen stepping forward to become a race driver for the first time. Interesting this, because Fisichella, despite 179 starts, has only got three victories. Now, Kovalainen has proved to be very quick during testing. Okay, he had a bit of a shunt, well, a big shunt during uh, testing in Spain, but he is very fast. And Fisichella, who's been around for over 12 seasons, age 34, may be pushed a little bit by the 25-year-old Finn. It's going to be an interesting combination, but again, a team with question marks surrounding it. One thing that is well known about Renault, though, is that they've got a very strong technical team. No change there at all. And uh, they had a very reliable car last year, which helped them win the championship. And there seems no reason why that shouldn't change. And also, the strength and depth in the Renault technical team is going to stand them in very good stead, particularly with a view to some of the technical changes that have been taking place in the regulations in 2007. Now, the most significant one is the tyre situation. Previously, we had two tyre manufacturers in Formula One. We had Michelin and Bridgestone. Uh, Michelin have withdrawn, and that leaves Bridgestone to have the place to themselves. So it's good news, bad news, really, because when there were the two manufacturers, you went to a race and you really didn't know which manufacturer would suit the circuit best. But instead, what we've got is a completely level playing field. Every team, all 11 teams, will have exactly the same type of tyre. The only difference will be is that each team or each driver must use a soft tyre and a hard tyre. And the rules now say that at some point in the race, each driver must use one of each type of tyre. The question then, of course, is when do you use it? Because the softer tyre will be quicker, but it isn't going to last. The harder tyre will be slower, but will obviously give you the durability. So when do you use them? Uh, do you use the soft tyre at the beginning of the race and try and make, particularly for the front of the grid, try and make your escape, trying to build up a lead, but perhaps risk damaging those tyres because you've got a lot of fuel on board? Or do you wait until the end and bring, come in a few laps from the end, stick on the soft tyres, run them as you're supposed to and hope you don't lose that lead? Difficult one, that. And the technical people say they really don't know the answer to how it's going to pan out until they get to the first race in Melbourne, see how the tyres react to the track, and then make a decision from there. When it comes to changes in the teams, no team has been affected more than Ferrari. Massive changes here because, of course, the first thing you're going to spot is no Michael Schumacher. So after 16 seasons and 91 wins, seven world championships, Schumacher has retired. And also, significantly for Ferrari, Ross Braun, who was the technical director, has taken a year's sabbatical. So here in one swoop, they have lost Michael Schumacher and Ross Braun, arguably the two guys around whom this team was built. Ross Braun would think up uh, all the tactical wizardry and be behind the design of the car. Michael Schumacher would implement all of uh, Braun's instructions, all of his work, and drive the car better than anybody else. Both those two guys have gone. In their place comes Kimi Raikkonen from McLaren taking Schumacher's place, and there's been a reshuffling within the technical department at Ferrari as other people move forward. And interesting, too, that uh, Raikkonen, completely different sort of character to Schumacher. Raikkonen is the sort of guy that gets in the car, drives it, gets out, and goes home. Michael Schumacher will hang around, think about nothing else but the car, the tyres, the engine mapping, you name it. He is on the case all the time. It's that sort of dedication that brought him the record number of championships. So Raikkonen will certainly do the job on the track speed-wise, but whether he's got the rest of the hunger, the desire to do what Schumacher did is 
difficult to say. And also, he better look out because he's got Felipe Massa in the other car. Now, Felipe Massa, he's 25 years old. He won two Grand Prix last year in his first year for Ferrari. He's well settled in with his team. He speaks Italian. He's very popular within the team. That sort of thing counts for a lot, particularly as they'll be looking for somebody to lavish their affection on in the absence of Michael Schumacher. So if Raikkonen is not careful, Felipe Massa may become the man in Ferrari, the man that they want to see win. So where does that leave Honda, who are number fourth in the list? It should leave them in a very strong position because Jensen Button is still in the team, as is Rubens Barrichello. The technical department hasn't changed. They really ought to be making the most of the changes that have taken place in the three teams ahead of them. However, that will depend a lot, as it has done in recent years, on Honda giving Button and Barrichello the sort of car they need to win races. Previously, they've they've had cars that have been quick you know, during qualifying, but when it comes to the race, they're not quite there, just maybe a couple of tenths of a second off the pace, not quite making it. Have they got a car that could win in 2007? The signs are, at this stage, no, because during testing, the Honda have already announced that the car is not quite quick enough and they're definitely going to revamp their car before the second race. Now, that's not a good sign. That's a very bad start to Honda's year. Doesn't augur well for Jensen Button, and it must be very frustrating for him at a time when he really feels that he should be taking advantage of the possible problems at McLaren, Renault and Ferrari uh, ahead of them. So uh, we have to wait and see just what uh, Honda can do. But the chances at the moment, I have to say, are, are not great. Now, Honda's problems could play into the hands of the next team, BMW Cyber. BMW, who previously supplied engines, went out on their own, bought the Cyber team last year, surprised everybody by being very quick straight away, uh, very consistent, very professional, did a good job. They're now wishing to capitalise on that. They've got Nick Heidfeld still on board and Robert Kubica, the uh, Polish driver, age 22, who made his debut last year, blindingly quick, this guy. The only problem they feel with him is that with this change of tyres and uh, they feel that Kubica might not be able to cope with the tyre change, you've got to be a little bit more uh, respectful of them apparently because they're a lot harder than they were before. They don't offer as much grip and he may find it, because he is a relative novice still, he's only started six races, he may find it difficult to adapt. But he's definitely got the speed. Heidfeld's got the consistency. He's a professional driver, although the old adage applies. When a team starts his first year, it's for some reason, it's always, it always works out very well. Everything looks good, uh, carried on a wave of enthusiasm. It's the second year that's always a difficult one. So we'll have to see just how much BMW and Cyber can do in their second season. Behind them on the entry list is the Toyota team. Now, a very strange team, this, because they've been in Formula One since 2002. They've got a very handsome budget. They ought really to be doing more than they're doing, but somehow it just seems to get away. It seems that they're paying the price for having this budget because the budget comes from being 
part of a large manufacturer, a very, very successful road car manufacturer. The downside of that is that it would seem that the decision-making process, which has to, a lot of it has to emanate from Japan, holds things up. The whole key to success in Formula One is being able to think on your feet, just make instant decisions and go as the small independent teams have been able to do over the years. And that seems to sort of hobble Toyota a little bit. And uh, there are critics who say that if you want proof of Toyota's rather strange decision-making process, you just have to look at their drivers. Ralph Schumacher and Jarno Trulli, hugely experienced, 164 starts for Ralph, 167 starts for Trulli, six wins for Ralph, only one for Trulli. Unless the car is an absolute winner, neither driver really seems motivated enough to carry it forward. Moving into the bottom half of the entry list, we've got the Red Bull racing team, David Coulthard, Mark Webber. Coulthard, now the oldest man in the field, age 35, now that Michael Schumacher's gone, 212 starts, 13 wins, a lot of experience there. Some people say that perhaps the time has come for David to step down. Certainly he's going to have to fight hard against his new teammate, Mark Webber. Mark Webber, the Australian, moves across from Williams after a pretty disappointing period with them because his best position has been third in the past. Uh, he needs to fight, get his first win. He's had 87 starts. He's got to start uh, trying to save his reputation. Is the Red Bull the car to do it? Mm, difficult to say. The Red Bull team have now got Adrian Newey fully into his stride. Adrian Newey is the designer that was with uh, Williams and McLaren before. He's designed championship winning cars, but it takes time for the whole thing to gel. This will be his first car, and uh, certainly the signs are during testing. A lot of work still to be done, and interestingly enough, prior to going off to Melbourne for the first race, they had to stick in a quick test session at the Manicure track in France, which almost smacks of desperation that they are trying to get things sorted out. So I don't think either Coulthard or Weber are expecting too much. And this is even despite the Red Bull team having switched from a Ferrari engine to a Renault engine, the, the engine that has won the World Championship for the past two years. They may well indeed, Red Bull, have trouble from Williams. Now, Williams had a desperate year in 2006, one of their worst in uh, in about 30 years. They have had major changes within the technical team. They've really been stung by this, and uh, they're very buoyant. Uh, I went to see them uh, just before the launch of the car, and I was very impressed by the way they've just put all that behind them. They're, they're getting on with the job. They've got uh, Alexander Wirtz is coming forward as the main driver. He's been their test driver for a couple of years. Technically very sound indeed, and perhaps just the man that Williams and any team would need when it comes to sorting out the whole new tyre scenario I described earlier, just sorting out how that works. So he could well be bringing dividends to the team. Nico Rosberg is his teammate. He made his debut last year. Showed how difficult it is to step forward from GP2, uh, where he won the championship, as did Lewis Hamilton last year. A bit of an illustration for Lewis Hamilton this, that Nico Rosberg really did struggle to find his feet in Formula 1. It is very difficult. It's not just simply into a faster car and go racing. There's so much to learn, so much to do, high-pressure weekend, and Rosberg showed how hard that was. But he's got that behind him now, and he is quick, so he inverts may spring a few surprises. (laughs) 
I don't think we're going to see any surprises though from the bottom three teams we've got Toro Rosso which is basically a B team for Red Bull with uh, Liuzzi and Speed and at the back we've got Spiker and that was the old Jordan team uh, now owned by the Dutch sports car manufacturer Spiker has breathed new life into this team they're hugely enthusiastic they've got uh, Christian Albers the Dutchman driving the car and they've got Adrian Suttel from Germany he's only 23 here is a man to watch if that Spiker is any good indeed and they've got the Ferrari engine on board of course Suttel is a man to watch he could spring a few surprises bringing up the rear Super Aguri this is the team that joined Formula 1 last year somehow got through the season because they had a big struggle just to get their car ready never mind start the season but they did it they got to the end to Kumasato of Japan very quick uh, sometimes erratic but uh, very quick uh, a good man to have on board and certainly the Japanese team obviously think highly of him but from the British point of view a lot of interest surrounds Sato's teammate that's Anthony Davidson after so many years as a loyal fast and very dependable test driver for Honda now gets a race drive age 27 he is now going to go racing for the first time we know he's a good test driver but how good a race driver is he well Anthony is about to prove it as the fourth British driver on the grid So there you have the grid for the Formula One season coming up. What about the rules? We've talked about tyres. The main change you're going to see, I think, is Friday is now free. The teams can put on as many tyres. They can use tyres without having to worry about the rest of the weekend. The same with the engines. It really will become a test session and there will be two one and a half hour sessions on a Friday it doesn't count for the grid of course but there'll be a lot of running going on on Friday so that's a big change that we will see to the structure of the weekend but overall though it's all change in Formula 1 we've got new names and new places we've got lots of questions that remain unanswered as we head towards the first race the first of 17 Grand Prix this season first one in Melbourne on March the 18th it's anyone's championship. I'll be reporting back after each race for Formula One on Guardian Unlimited. So please join me then. In the meantime, safe motoring. Guardian Unlimited.